Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. You can turn with me to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 16, and I'm going to read verse 6. And the Bible says in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 16, verse 6, And when I passed by, by thee and saw thee polluted in thine own blood I said unto thee when thou wast in thy blood live yea I said unto thee when thou wast in thine in thy blood live God saw us in a state of sin and pollution, laying there in our own blood, but he replaced it with his. Amen. I want to speak for just a while tonight on this thought, the mercy of God. Let's pray. Lord God, I love you and I thank you, Jesus, for the opportunity, Lord, to come boldly into your presence once again, God. Jesus, Lord, I want to seek God. Jesus. Lord, I want to see Jesus in this place tonight, God, that you would speak to our minds, God, and our hearts, Lord. Anoint us, God, to receive a word from you in this place, Jesus, I pray, Lord. In your holy name, I pray. In the name of Jesus, you may be seated. At the root of this scripture, we find mercy at its best. The Bible said that God saw us polluted in our own blood and in our own sin. But when he saw us, instead of turning aside, instead of walking away, he looked at us and said, live. God says that as the church that we have to have mercy upon one another this can sometimes be very hard to do amen the bible says in the book of colossians forbearing one another and forgiving one another if any man have a quarrel against any even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Amen? So as God has forgiven us, he expects us to in turn have mercy on a brother and to forgive him. These are strong words 
that we find in this scripture. But that's what he's saying. He said, just as I forgive you, I expect for you to forgive others. Through all the heartache and pain that they may cause, we have to show mercy. If you read what the Bible has to say about mercy, it is captivating to me how the law of mercy runs hand in hand with the law of the harvest. You will reap just as much mercy as you choose to show, to sow. Amen. Luke 6 and 36 says, but ye therefore, but be ye therefore merciful as your father also is merciful. The book of James says, for he shall have judgment without mercy that hath showed no mercy, but mer- and mercy rejoiceth against judgment. Mercy can save you from that judgment. Amen. In the book of Matthew, he says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. In the book of Proverbs, the Bible says, he that followeth, followeth after righteousness and mercy findeth life righteousness and honor in the book of Hebrews the Bible says let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need we must show mercy amen we sometimes find it hard to give mercy when someone has dealt us a blow or caused us heartache or grief But we must remember the Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, he said, there hath no temptation taken you. Amen? He said, there there is no temptation that has taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able Thank God. It says, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape. Many times we find that escape through mercy. He said that he would make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Amen. There is one way in life that we can never go wrong, and that is to show mercy. We call ourselves Christ-like, but Christ is not in a soul that will not show mercy because Christ was merciful. Amen. The Bible is full of accounts of men and women who in many situations were able to show mercy. And you see through these, through these stories in the Bible that God had truly fulfilled the scripture when he would take what the enemy meant for their demise, what the enemy meant for evil against that person, God would turn it to their good when mercy was involved. What this world needs today is not another program. They don't need another life lesson in success. A vocabulary busting at the seams will not save the world that we live in today. We don't need another lesson in philosophy. 
But what the world needs today is mercy. Above all else, we need to show mercy. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version tonight. He said, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. Love is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. He said, love is not irritable or resentful. He said, it does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Paul goes on to speak in this passage. He said that scripture and prophecy will pass away and tongues will cease. There are some things that we can accomplish in our life, both in the natural and in the spiritual, that will never go on. They won't always last, the Bible says. But there's one thing that will never die, and that is mercy. Amen. We have had countless people through the years that have walked into the doors of this church, and for whatever reason it may be, they've walked out unchanged and without commitment. They may not remember the song that was sung. They may not remember the message that was preached or even who preached it. They may not remember the color of the carpet or the plushness of the pew. But one thing that that soul will never forget was whether they could feel mercy in the house. One thing that they will hold on to for the rest of their life was whether they received mercy or rejection. In the book of Joshua chapter 20, it says, The Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, Appoint for, your, for you cities of refuge, wherefore I spake unto you by the hand of Moses. And the Lord instructs him to build or designate these cities of refuge. So that if a man was to unknowingly or accidentally commit a crime or, or kill his neighbor, the Bible says, that he could run to this city of refuge and he would find safety in the walls of that city. Outside of the walls of that city, safety could not be guaranteed. But if the man even came to the city that was trying to kill him, it says that he would be brought in to the elders and he would dwell there with them. And if the man even came to the city to try and kill him, that he would still find refuge within the walls of this city. These cities of refuge represent the church in modern times. Amen. We have got to offer mercy in this house. It's what the world needs because they are not going to receive mercy outside of these walls. In the beginning of Paul's journey with God, we find even before his name was changed that he was on the road to Damascus. And the Bible says that a, that a great light shone around them and it blinded him. And Saul hears the voice of Jesus. And he asked, and Jesus asked him, he said, why persecutest thou me? 
And the Bible goes on and says that Paul was trembling and astonished. And he asked the Lord, he said, what would you have me to do? And God told him, he said, arise and go to a street called Straight. He told him that he would find the house that he was to dwell in of the man named Judas, and he was to wait there. But we can't forget one thing, that while this miracle was taking place in Paul's life, God at the same exact time was dealing with a man by the name of Ananias. And the Lord spoke to him, and he told him to go to Saul, Now, we have to understand how big of a deal this was because he wasn't sitting there saying, though I speak with the tongues of men and angels yet. Ananias knew him as a murderer that with with the signing of his name could put hundreds of Christians to death. He, He had their life in his hands with a nod of his head. That was the power that Saul held at this time. And they had no doubt heard stories of Saul holding the garments of the men as they stoned Stephen. And Stephen was not a radical. Stephen was always referred to in the Bible as having the heart of a servant. That's the kind of murderer he was dealing with. But God answered Ananias when he questioned him. And he said, go to Saul, for I will show him many great things, and he must suffer for my name's sake. And here we see one of the very first models of a Christian. As this man never before named until this moment in the Bible, went to the home where Saul was. And the Bible says he laid his hands on Saul. He didn't call him a murderer. He could have have threw the book at him. But he showed him mercy. The Bible says he laid his hands on him and said, my brother, Saul. Amen. That's how important mercy is. Because one man, never before mentioned, and you don't hear anything after, one man was willing to listen to God and go to a murderer that could have him put to death immediately and said, my brother, Saul. That's the power of mercy. And from there was born one of the first and greatest missionaries that the gospel has ever known. Amen. Going back to my original text in Ezekiel, the Bible says that when I passed by thee and saw thee polluted in thine own blood, I said unto thee, when thou wast in thine blood, live. Amen. He said, yea, I said unto thee, when thou wast in thy blood, live. This past weekend, 
many uh, of the men were privileged to go and hear Brother Wolf speak. And in this, he he sat around. He sat and was able to re- recount many of the stories in his life that had really molded him into the great man of God that he is today. And one of those stories kind of jumped out at me. He said he recalled a man that took him coon hunting, he said, for the first and the last time. He said that they were out there at night, and, and about a mile away, he said that he, they heard the dogs in the distance, so they had, the man said they had treed a coon, so they went running through the woods, and the wolf said that as the man would lead, he would let go of the limbs, and they were hitting him in the face, and he just obviously wasn't having a great time. And he said, when they got to where the dogs were barking, instead of a coon, the dogs had treed a skunk. And Brother Wolf said that the man went in there and he grabbed the skunk. Certainly braver than I would have been. He grabbed the skunk and he threw it to the dogs. And Brother Wolf said that as the dogs got after the skunk, the skunk was spraying them and It would have been my last time also, I have to say. But he asked the man, why did you give him the skunk? And the man replied, they treat it, so they deserve it. And when I heard that story, I felt this message tug at my heart. Because how many times has God saved us from something that we deserved? How many things have we chased, bayed up, have we treed? Just as that skunk was spraying those dogs, it could have marked us for life. But God had mercy. I'm thankful tonight for the mercy of God. Hallelujah. For that never-ending mercy. That instead of throwing it to us and letting us deal with it, God stepped in and said, you know what, I'll take it from here. It's only by the grace and the mercy of God. Hallelujah. In closing... Mercy was the original message of the church. Before our doctrine was even founded in the book of Acts, mercy was preached. Mercy was granted through the entire ministry of Jesus. And at the close of his ministry, at the pinnacle of Calvary, you find that the scripture paints a portrait of mercy being preached at its finest. In the book of Luke, the Bible says, and when they were come to the place, which is called Calvary, there they crucified him and the male factors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. And then Jesus said, 
Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. That's mercy. After he had been beaten, he had been scorned and judged to say, Father, forgive them because they don't know yet what they're doing to me. That's mercy. The Bible goes on and it says, and it was about the sixth hour and there was a darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour and the sun was darkened and the veil of the temple was rent in the midst. Mercy. And Jesus cried with a loud voice and said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. Mercy. Now when the centurion saw what was done, he glorified God, saying, Certainly, this was a righteous man. You see, when people can see mercy, when the world sees mercy, the mercy of Christ in the church, that's the day when the church will have revival. We need to wear mercy to the same extent that we wear holiness. Because the message of Jesus Christ himself was mercy. Before many of the healings, how many times does the scripture talk of mercy? Amen. The blind man that cried out with a loud voice and said, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. If it had not been for mercy, Jesus would not have wasted his time to turn aside and heal that man. The mercy of God is great. Amen. Let's stand tonight. He could have let us just deal with our problems. With the things that we had chased. And treed, if you will. Things that concerned our lives and would have consumed many of us. But God had mercy. I don't ever want to stray too far from Calvary to remember that fact that God had mercy. If Paul could say it, then so can we. It doesn't matter how deep into this message we go. We're still human. I need mercy. Day in and day out. And with the help of God, I want him to transform my heart to be able to give the mercy that I expect to receive. I don't want just some mercy, Brother Jerry. I want the mercy of God. I want it in my life, and I want to learn how to give it. Instead of bitterness, I want to produce mercy.
Mercy doesn't mean that you'll never hurt or that you'll never have another bad day. But mercy means that you are at the fresh start with God again. Because whether the other party receives it or not, you've done your part by giving it. I don't ever want to stray too far from Calvary. From the original message of God's mercy. Because in all actuality, it should have been me. I don't ever want to go that far that I forget the mercy of God and where we've come from. Amen. Let's give God thanks for our This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.